From Sector 001 in the Alpha Quadrant, this is the Omega Directive, a Star Trek podcast. Episode 6, Star Trek Crafting. I'm your host, Steve Atwell, and with me this evening is the author of the Star Trek Craft book. Haven't you written some other stuff? I have, actually. I've written, I wrote three other books. Um, They were all on scrapbooking. There you go. Mm -hmm. Well, there's three other books on scrapbooking. Mm -hmm. She is the editor of KC Geeks, a website for um, nerdishness in Kansas City. Kansas City. And her name is Angie Peterson. Angie, hi, welcome. Thank you for being here. Hi, thank you for having me. Okay, so tell us, where did you grow up? In Kansas City. I've lived here since I was three. That's amazing. Mm-hmm. I like Kansas City. Yeah, well, me too, yeah. Hopefully yeah. listeners of this podcast do as well. <laughs> if not, it's an encouragement to come visit. Oh, yes, yes. Uh, what was your childhood like? Uh, what kind of interests, hobbies did you have? And most importantly, were you a nerd? Oh, I was absolutely a nerd. I grew up watching uh, the original series with my dad and my brother. Um, so I and I, I remember uh, seeing the Wrath of Khan in the theater, in the theaters. Mm-hmm. So that that dates me a little bit, but um, I saw that in the theaters. I saw the first or fourth Star Wars, whichever you want, however you want to call it, but when it first came out. So I saw that Star Wars. I had the iron-on transfer sweatshirt that you get at the mall. And mm-hmm. so, yes, I've, I've been a fan of many fandoms uh, since I was very young. And crafting, uh, when did you start getting being, becoming a crafting person? <sighs> That's a good question. Um, I, for, for, most of my life, I would say, um, I'm multi-craftual, mm-hmm. so I do uh, a number of different crafts and have over the years. Um, my grandmother taught me to crochet in sixth grade, so uh, that that was about what, when I was 12. Uh, so definitely as far back as that. Um, I was also in Girl Scouts, so I'm sure that uh, we did a number of crafty things there. Um, but I still uh, crochet. I've, I've done scrapbooking. I've done decoupage. I've done uh, vinyl cutting and um, uh, knitting and all sorts. I mean, just all sorts of different things. That's wonderful. Okay, so this, the books you have written on crafting, when, mm-hmm. what made you compels you to think, uh, I should write about this stuff? Well, um, my first three books were about scrapbooking, and it started with the first book called The Book of Me. And um, when I was scrapbooking, um, I would go to events that are called crops. And you would uh, go to scrapbook your own stuff, but you would be with other people who are also working on their own stuff. And they, uh, I noticed that uh, a lot of people, um, or most people, well, it's usually 98% women that are scrapbookers, mm-hmm. um, they, they do pages on everybody else but themselves. 
So they are the historian and documentarians of their family's life, but it's like they're silent partners. So they aren't telling their own stories and their own histories or and most often they aren't even in any of the pictures because they're the ones taking the pictures. So um, and then I around the same time, I um, was going through some kind of personal identity crises and uh, feeling like I I didn't have anything unique to contribute to my own family's life that anybody could come in and and make meals or do the dishes or run the kids uh, to their various activities or whatever. And I decided to use my hobby of scrapbooking to prove myself wrong, that there was something unique about me and that there was something unique about my life experiences. And so um, I put together a book of me. So it was um, uh, all a scrapbook about uh, why I chose my major in college and how I knew that my husband was the one and um, what I loved most about being a mother and things like that. So it's it's things that wouldn't go into an ordinary family scrapbook because it was personal insights and things like that. And as I was putting my scrapbook together, uh, I realized that other women didn't have those resources or inspiration to make pages about themselves, and so I decided to write a book about it. Right. And mentioning uh, your uh, wonderful husband, I believe mm-hmm. it's uh, your 25th wedding anniversary is recent. Uh, yes, it was this past January. Congratulations. Thank you. He's a big nerd, too. We go, we work well together. I have no doubt. <laughs> so tell us a bit about KC Geeks. Uh, yes, that's my website, kcgeeks.com, and it is a resource hub for, like you said, everything geeky in Kansas City. And I have a uh, event calendar that lists a wide variety of any sort of geek-related events that uh, is happening in Kansas City. I list the various cons that happen in the area and stores like comic book stores and gaming stores and arcade bars. And then I also feature local groups and uh, creators that uh, people that uh, in the Kansas City area that are working on comic books or their inkers or their writers or whatever. And then as well as Kansas City uh, based podcasts. So. Yeah, so anything that uh, is happening in Kansas City that's geeky, I will I, I try to cover it. I, I consider myself Kansas City's geek reporter. Well, maybe you'll toss me and this podcast in there as well. Yeah, maybe. About that, I have I have been researching for friends of mine who are vendors about different cons that come up actually around the four-state area of Kansas, Missouri, Iowa, and Nebraska. Mm-hmm. So maybe we should uh, confer and compare notes on uh, the, the calendars one of these days to see if, sure. if I miss anything, see if you missed anything. Sure. Okay, so Star Trek uh, Craft, I'm sorry, Star Trek Craft Book. Yes. How did this come about? 
Uh, well, I uh, was writing for a website called geekcrafts.com, and uh, I so I had been writing uh, weekly posts for them on various crafts uh, that I found around the web that uh, were somehow geek-related, and I got an email one day from the publisher asking me if I would be, uh, of this book, um, asking me if I would be interested in writing a book about Star Trek crafts, and I'm like, is this a trick question? Because yes, <laughs> I mean, it's it's two of my favorite things. So absolutely, yes. And um, they had read my profile on Geek Crafts, and I uh, had written quite a few posts about Star Trek related crafts, obviously. And uh, they also saw that I had already been an author of three craft related books and craft instruction books. So uh, they reached out to me and asked me if I'd been interested, and I said wholeheartedly yes. Okay, so I don't have a copy of the book myself. Okay. But you can tell me, the content within, was that all your idea, or was that all suggestions? Uh, no, I, I went out and found uh, everything, so I um, just found... Uh, projects online that people had posted on their blogs or in, in community forums or whatever, and I reached out to each one of the uh, creators and asked if we could feature their craft in the book and as well alongside the uh, instructions for how to make the craft. So the book contains um, 25 different crafts from a variety of different uh, crafting mediums, so there's crochet and sewing and decoupage, and so people can have, there's a, a variety of different techniques as well as skill levels, so there's kind of something for everybody in there. And sock puppets. You have yes. box sock puppets on the cover. Yes, yes, there's a Spock, a Spock monkey on the on the cover, uh, and I think that that is probably one of the main draws to the book, is people see the, the book cover and they see that Spock monkey on the cover and they're like, I gotta make that, and um, so they... They, they really enjoy that. I've, I've made quite a few of them myself, um, and uh, it's, a, it's a fun, it, not a short process, but it's, it's a fun project. Well, what do the other crafting books entail, or what do they focus on? Uh, the other uh, craft projects in the book? No, no, the other books you've written. Uh, they're they're all about so the first one was the book of me mm -hmm. uh, and that's about scrapbooking about yourself the second one was growing up me which was uh, scrapbooking uh, childhood stories so that's either scrapbooking about your own childhood or uh, working with children to make so the kids can make their own scrapbooks. Um, I was uh, I majored in early childhood education, and so I kind of saw it as a teaching tool to help kids with art and fine motor skills, as well as the literary um, part of just writing your own stories and uh, writing down your own memories and things like that. So that was the second book. And then the third one was The Book of Us, and that is about scrapbooking about relationships, whether that's friendships or romantic relationships or groups that you're a part of. And it just gave a bunch of, a bunch of ideas um, for documenting the relationships in your life. Okay. Do you do commissioned pieces as far as, well, any kind of crafts with Star Trek stuff? Um, I have done, well, I... 
yes. Um, I have a Etsy shop. It's not very active. I don't. I don't work really hard at, at keeping it stocked or anything like that. But I have done a number of sets of uh, tile coasters that have um, like the animated series on there, and that's that's pretty fun. I've also gone to cons and uh, been a vendor and sell um, tribbles and um, the animated series coasters as well as um, a couple of sets of Klingon uh, coasters, which are, are pretty fun because uh, there's not a lot of Klingon handmade items at cons, so people are pretty excited when they, if, if they're of that mindset, then they uh, they kind of glom onto those. That's fun. Well, of course. Yes. Okay. At this point in the proceedings, I would pause to take a word from our sponsor. Okay. I don't actually have a sponsor currently. <laughs> I'm looking for sponsorship if anyone wants to sponsor because sponsorship would mean I can upgrade my recording equipment, but it also means that I can uh, pay for travel expenses to get to different conventions to meet more people to get more guests uh, booked for the show. But uh, in the meantime, I'm going to play a clip of an old commercial advert that has a Star Trek tie to it, and hopefully we're not uh, violating any sort of copyright laws or infringement by doing that sort of stuff. But I honestly don't think that uh, Oldsmobile is going to complain all that much about a 30-year-old advertisement for one of their cars. I might be wrong, but here we go. My dad knows all about space vehicles. He directed me to the new Oldsmobile silhouette. It looks our stellar. And the interior is perfect for the enterprising family. The modular seats pull out easily. There's a place for everything. Compared to other forms of space travel, Silhouette is the logical choice. Right, Dad? Eminently logical. This is the new Silhouette. Travel in space and style. Okay, so what have you been working on lately, whether with KC Geeks or with crafting? Or uh, you also have the Girl Geeks uh, website? Oh, yeah, uh, Geek Girl Brunch. Um, I was a co-founding officer of the Kansas City chapter of Geek Girl Brunch. Um, I'm no longer an officer. I stepped down to uh, let some other ladies have some of that fun, uh, but I still go to some of the events. Uh, let's see, uh, coming up later this month, we're going to meet at Pawn and Pint in Kansas City um, just for some low-key gaming and drinks and brunch. Um, but the, the group itself is an international group that's actually pretty cool. Um, it was started by some ladies in New York City that would get together for brunch and talk about geeky things. And they're like, we have so much fun that we think other people should have this much fun. And they just started rolling out a framework for people to start their own chapters uh, wherever they were. And there are chapters in Ireland and the UK and um, I think in Korea and all over the United States, St. Louis, um, Chicago, Atlanta, Charlotte, North Carolina, all over the country. So um, lots of ladies getting together and talking about geeky things. And uh, our chapter has events every month, usually. Um, we get together to watch movies, or we've done a couple of sessions of geek crafts. We've done um, uh, uh, gaming sessions. 
uh, or uh, meet at restaurants and just have some sort of theme. Um, and it's it's a lot of fun because uh, you a lot of the the members don't know anybody that has their geek interests, and so uh, they get to come together with with other ladies and uh, can talk about some anime uh, show or a comic book or the supernatural or Firefly and the other people generally know what they're talking about and that's it's kind of nice to hang out with people that get you and as the name suggests it's primarily for women it is a a women's only uh, group that is true okay um, is there a website? Uh, obviously, there's a local uh, Facebook page, but is there like the international website and all? Yeah, there's uh, geekgirlbrunch.com, and then from there you can get to all the different chapters. Okay. Mm-hmm. Do you do any cosplay stuff at conventions? Uh, I'm just starting to get into it. I uh, usually wear like um, Casey Geeks t-shirts, but for, was it? Planet Comic Con earlier this year, I uh, had my first full-fledged costume of a bombshell Wonder Woman that I put together, um, and I um, sewed the... the applique on the the shirt and uh, put put it put it all together and it turned out pretty amazing if I say so myself. Well, I liked it. Thank you. Okay, so and does Casey Geeks have like a booth or table at the, the conventions? Usually, I'm covering it as a um, just as a member of. I, I get a media pass and or a press pass, and I go and and cover it and write a post to wrap up about it, and then a live tweet from the panels that I go to. And uh, this year at um, both last year at Kansas City Comic Con and this year at Planet, I um, hosted a couple of panels, or I I was the moderator. So I did that as well. So what do you have coming up? What are you working on these days? Um, I've been kind of taking a little break and kind of assessing what I want to do with uh, Casey Geeks, but I've got some posts in, in mind that I'm, I'm working on. I recently posted to Facebook and Twitter asking people for uh, their geek pet names. So if they have a pet that has a geek-influenced name, I, uh, people shared pictures on Facebook, and that was kind of fun to see the wide variety of names. Um, so I'm going to put that together and... And uh, just to give people inspiration for different names for different kinds of pets. And um, I'm also looking at uh, doing maybe a, a short ebook on uh, Geek on the Cheap for uh, cheap ways to geek out in Kansas City. And just a number of different uh, projects that I might work on. Well, I'm not sure if it reveals the geek in me or not. But I, I gave my cats Irish Gaelic Celtic names. Oh, cool. Aisling and Banshee. That's awesome. Okay, so we're winding down. We're going to keep – this is going to be a mini episode. Okay. But it's time for Stevie Struff's Star Trek Trivia Challenge. Oh, no. <laughs> I'm going to give you – Star Trek Trivia, come on. Okay. Do you I'll th- give it a shot. Do you think you can handle the Kansas City hometown version, or do you need the uh, fun, uh, easy version? Well, uh, <laughs> I know some. I, I, I have. I, I know people that um, are much better at it than I am. But I will give it a shot. Okay, we'll Throw try. It out there. We'll try the hometown version. 
Okay. And bear in mind that local Star Trek novelist Dayton Ward did not pass. <clears throat> oh, great. <laughs> okay, question number one. According to the Next Generation episode 11001001, what type of musical venue could be found in Kansas City? I would assume some sort of jazz joint. A jazz club is correct. Yes. Question number two. According to the Next Generation episode, The Neutral Zone, what kind of cuisine could be found, could be had from Kansas City? God, I just watched that episode, too. I mean, barbecue is is the obvious answer, but I don't remember if that's what they showed on the. I don't remember. I don't remember them mentioning Kansas City in there. Okay, the answer is strip steak. Ah. The answer is LQ Sunny Clemens was being shown how to use the replicator to get it. Ah, uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. And he asked for a Kansas City strip steak. Nah, forget that. Go ahead and make it a martini instead. Yes, I remember that. Question three then. According to the Next Generation episode of Fists Full of Datas, what type of libation might possibly be found in Kansas City? Oh, that's a good question. Mm-hmm. I don't remember from I don't remember from the a specific episode, but gosh, there's so many cocktails here. Oh, I don't I'm I don't know that one. Okay, the answer is Klingon fire wine. Ah, I don't even know that. I know blood wine, but I hadn't heard of fire wine. Yeah, when Worf goes into the holographic bar and Miss Annie says, what would you like? He says, Klingon fire wine. And she says, this ain't Kansas City. We don't have that fancy European stuff. That's hilarious. That's so funny. That's a good one. Question four, broadening it out uh, beyond the scope of just Kansas City, but the area. Sure. Which next generation crew member, Enterprise D crew member, studied dance at a studio in St. Louis? Oh, dance. You said the next generation? Yes. Which character? I'm lurking in my head. Uh, I can't think of anybody who danced. Who danced? The answer is Dr. Beverly Crusher. Ah. A.K.A. the dancing doctor. Okay. Okay. Well, that was another good one. Question five, then. Which one-time guest aboard the Enterprise-D, not one of the crew members, but a, a one-episode guest character, lost her parents in a tornado in Topeka, Kansas? Oh, jeez. Uh, You're really pulling it out. Uh, I, have no, I have no idea. The character was Amanda Rogers, played by Olivia Dabo, in the episode oh. True Q. Okay. Okay. I the episode. <laughs> okay, sixth and final question, double or nothing stakes. Yeah. <laughs> A chance to uh, impress your friends and embarrass your children. Yeah. Which Kansas City suburb was briefly referenced on the original series classic episode? It's sitting on the edge of forever. Oh, it's been a while. Mm. Suburb. So it'd have to be old. I don't know. Leewood? Evelyn Park? Lee Summit, Missouri. Really? Yeah. Huh. All right. Really? Yeah. Huh. They mentioned it on the track? When Spock is looking at newspaper headlines about the death of Edith Keeler. On That's one, wild. On one of the papers, there's a secondary article that has a dateline of Lee Summit. That's pretty cool. Those are good questions. Yep. Uh, Great job. 
we won't go with uh do you want to try the easy fun version then yeah <laughs> let's see if i can redeem myself a little bit i think i got one right okay <laughs> easy fun version question one before being cast as dr beverly crusher on the next generation gates mcfadden was a well-known hollywood choreographer she worked frequently with Jim Henson and the Muppets, including the choreography for the 1986 fantasy musical Labyrinth. Mm, which, really? Which pop culture musical icon, also known as Starman, was the star David of Labyrinth? David Bowie. David Bowie is yeah. correct. There we go. That, that one I knew. <laughs> Question two. <laughs> Question two. Bernie Casey appeared in the two-part Deep Space Nine episode, The Maquis, as Lieutenant Commander Cal Hudson. Earlier in his career, he'd co-starred in the 1976 cult sci-fi film, The Man Who Fell to Earth. What pop culture musical icon known as Starman was the star of The Man Who Fell to Earth? Also David Bowie. That's correct. Yeah. <laughs> Exotic model Iman appeared yes. in, the in the 1991 Star Trek film, Star Trek VI, The Undiscovered Country, yes. as the Comedoid Martia. What pop culture musical icon known as Starman was was she married, married to? to? Yeah, she was married to David Bowie. Awesome. That's people three. <laughs> Question four. <laughs> Iggy Pop appeared in the Deep Space Nine episode The Magnificent Ferengi as the Vorta Yelgren. Before embarking on an acting career, Iggy was a well-known musician who collaborated on 11 different albums throughout the 70s and 80s with what pop culture musical icon known as the Starman? I'm going to guess David Bowie. David Bowie is absolutely correct. All right. <laughs> Question five. Academy uh, uh, Oscar-winning and Emmy Award-winning singer, songwriter, musician, and actor Paul Williams mm. appeared in the Voyager episode Virtuoso as the Komar Koru. Among his many compositions was a song titled Fill Your Heart, which pop culture musical icon, also known as Starman, recorded a version of Fill Your Heart for his 1971 album Hunky Dory. Boy, that's a toughie. I'm going to say David Bowie. David Bowie is absolutely correct. <laughs> okay, final question. Okay. All right. All the marbles. Okay. Which pop culture musical arc icon, also known as Starman, never actually appeared in Star Trek, but probably should have? Uh, definitely David Bowie. He he would have had a good time, I bet. No, the answer we're looking for was Paul Stanley, the Starman from Kiss. Ah! Oh! No, wait, 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 wait. Okay, the judges say we'll accept David Bowie. Okay. Okay, thank you so much for playing. <laughs> thank you. Okay, is there anything else uh, you have to plug or want to tell us about going on? I I think you, you've covered most of it. Okay, geekgirlsbrunch.com mm -hmm. mm -hmm. and kcgeeks.com. Mm -hmm. And uh, what are the titles of the books? Uh, the Book of Me, Growing Up Me, Star, uh, The Book of Us. I don't know if those, I think they're out of print, but the Star Trek craft book is, uh, still on Amazon, so you can get it there. Okay. As well as the library. Okay. And thank you so much, ladies and gentlemen. My guest was, again, Angie Peterson, the, uh, author of those four titles. And I want to give thanks to her, as well as to Adam Mullen 
who composed our theme tune and who helped me figure out how to put a podcast together. Adam co-hosts, along with Bill Allen, a podcast on the Trexphere Network called The Final Frontier, which focuses on fan film on fan productions, fan films, and otherwise. Thanks also go to James Hams, who's in charge of Trexphere, who said he will put this up on that platform soon. The Omega Directive is available currently on iTunes, and if you like what you've heard, please subscribe, give us a positive rating, leave a positive review, and if you'd like to contact me with any questions, comments, or concerns, the Omega Directive is available on Facebook, and I will have it on Twitter this weekend. Otherwise, thank you for tuning in, and please don't take any wooden quatloos. <laughs> bye-bye, Angie. Bye-bye. Take care. Bye.